into having church this morning. You don't have to talk me into having church. You, you don't have to come and convince me we need to have some church. Amen? It's already my idea. It was my idea. And that's why we're here. It was his idea, and then it became my idea, and that's why we're all here. Right? So for us to go to God, and we go with his ideas already, and now we know. That's why he said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. And a lot of people want to skip that step. They want to go to prayer with an idea or with a petition but they haven't established their heart on the promise about that petition yet. And I am so thankful that Brother Hagen was transparent. Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, was a, a man who was greatly used by God in teaching faith and teaching healing and, and a healing ministry with, with thousands upon thousands of testimonies of people who were healed by God in his ministry or through as a result of his ministry but they called him one day actually his wife this was before they were he didn't make long distance phone calls very often and his wife mailed a letter he was on the road in a conference at another church uh, and his wife was at home with their children and sister pat harrison uh, his daughter was very little at the time, and she had something that had to be dealt with. A sickness had attacked her. She, it had to be dealt with, and it had to be dealt with, if I'm not mistaken, before she could go back to school. They had to do something about, uh, about that. And so he, he, for three days, this is a man who is teaching healing in the morning service and in the evening service. He's praying for people, and people are being healed. But he didn't pray about his daughter right away. He took three days and meditated on healing scriptures before he prayed for her. He said, even though I was teaching healing for other people to receive it, I knew that I needed to feed on the scriptures personally for myself to build my faith for the laying hold of the healing for her body. And after three days, he said... I was studying for my messages, but I added extra time to go through all of the scriptures that I had in the Bible, uh, healing that I meditated on regularly. He said, he said that we should feed on books and teachings about healing regularly. He read Christ the Healer so often that he wore the covers out on it and had to buy new copies like three or four different times. He would, he would read it so often he was, because that, that book helped him. And if you ever read Christ the Healer, you'd recognize some of Brother Hagin's messages. Now, we, we, I was reading it. I'm like, that's where he got it. Faith begins where the will of God is known. That's in Christ the Healer. Amen? There are a lot of things that we hear Brother Copeland say, Brother Hagen say. Those, those things came because they were feeding. And he said there was a season of his life that because he fed on scriptures and teachings about healing so often that there was a, a season of his life that he said, I didn't even know I had a body because it never got sick. It never, he, didn't ha he wasn't fighting 
uh, uh, whatever was going around or feeling any ailments in his body. Why? He was so um, stocked up with spiritual nutrition about healing. Not just for the purpose of teaching it, he was living off of what he was stocking up on too. He had a supply that he was feeding on. And that's what Jesus is saying in verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So it's not just enough to be saved. Praise God, we're saved and we're going to heaven, but he wants us to bear much fruit. And he said for us to bear much fruit, the word has to abide in us. We have to stock the shelves of our spirit with the word of God. Not just in our mind, in our spirit. We need it in the heart. It's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. If you find yourself talking the situation, it's abundantly in the heart. If you find yourself talking the problem, it's abundantly in your heart. If you, if you open up your mouth and you say something and your spirit says, mm-hmm, it's because that has been in your eyes and in your ears until it, if it's in your mouth, it had to get there by your heart until you purposefully go and stock up the word in your heart. Keep it before your eyes. Keep it in your ears till you get an abundance in the heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 23. Keep it in the heart until out of the abundance of the heart, Matthew 12, 35, the mouth overflows. Out of the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That overflow is caused because of the, the abundance in the heart. So Jesus said, if you will abide in me and if my words abide in you you will ask what you will and it shall be done like the judge lowering the gavel done amen it shall be done and Jesus calls it much fruit he wants your prayer life fruitful he wants our prayer lives to be fruitful. And he wants our prayer lives to be fruitful in our, our natural needs that we are receiving by faith. That's how he wants us to receive. He wants you to ask and receive so that, that your joy might be full. Let's look at verse 16. Verse 16, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain and whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. He says, bring forth fruit, fruit that remains. How do you do it? Ask the Father in my name. Ask, my fa ask the Father in my name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, in chapter 16, he revisits that same instruction. Verse 23, in that day you'll ask me nothing. Verily I say unto you, verily, verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Whatever you ask. 
We're talking about the person who abides in him and his words abide in you. If his word is abiding in you, you're going to be asking in line with his word. If his word is abiding in you, you're going to be desiring the will of God in that situation. So he says, when you ask in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto or before now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. If our joy isn't full, here's the key. Here's the key. I, would, I, I am of the mindset that a lot of people who love God don't have the fullness that God desires them for them to have because they don't have confidence in their prayer life. They don't, they don't think God is always hearing them. They don't think God's going to answer every prayer that they pray. If he's not going to answer the prayer, then I need to evaluate what I'm praying. Because I want to train myself to go ask in line with his will. And if it's his will, is he going to stamp no on something he wants? Is he going to deny the request for something that he elected for you? That he established for you? Something that he already put his, his approval on? So the asking isn't to make God do anything. The asking is legal receiving. If I go into the bank to get my money, money that belongs to me, it doesn't belong to the bank. It doesn't belong to the teller. It doesn't belong to the bank officer. It doesn't belong to anybody else. That's my money. But there's still a legal asking that I have to do to access what's mine. It's mine. But they're not going to let me walk in there and just say, hey, give me my money. They're going to say, sure, we'd be glad to give you your money with your account number. I need to see your identification. I need you to sign this withdrawal slip. Giving us legal record that you took your money. The asking is legal record that I have access what belongs to me in Christ. Amen? The asking is legal record. And that's why Jesus said that my word abide in you so that I'm asking in line with his will. And that's why he said, in my name. So we've got the abundance of the word in our heart that makes our heart um, safe askers. Amen. My heart is a safe asker, asker. Why? Because the desire in my heart is not a fleshly desire. The desire in my heart. That's why I go to the word first and establish myself in it. You know, when I pray about the salvation of my children, it's already God's idea to save my kids. I'm not trying to talk God into it. And, 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 and there were some times they were acting ways that I thought, I better go to God and talk him into it because he might, he might have decided by the way they're acting that he changed his mind. He don't want to do it no more. Because they're acting like the devil with the blue dress on. And so I got to come in here and, and, and say, now God. Regardless of how they're acting, they wouldn't be acting. No, but he already wants the, the salvation to be in their life. So I'm not trying to convince him to do something he's unwilling to do. Now the prayer of faith is something I can use for my physical needs, 
for my financial needs. The prayer of faith is something I can use for those areas that Christ has redeemed me and that Christ has provided things. But when I'm praying for my child, I'm, I'm praying in faith, but I'm not using the prayer of faith. I'm, I'm stepping over into another vehicle of prayer, and instead of the prayer of faith, I'm going to God on the basis of His will, but they have a will. They have a will that's involved in this decision, but I have a promise that He would save my children. And God didn't consult my child before he gave me that promise. He didn't go to my child and say, hey, I'm going to promise your mama that I will save you. Is that okay? Are you going to cooperate with me on this? No, he said, I will save you and your seed. The promise is unto you and to your seed. I will save you. I will save your children. I will contend with him that contends with you and I will save your children. So now I'm moving over into a place of, of covenant. I'm moving over. I have to have the word for that. Because I can't go in there trying to convince God to save them without faith that he already promised me he would save my children. Amen? So because they have a choice to make, but God promised me they'd make the right choice. I've got to pray in a way that God is able to uh, um, work with within legal means. So he'll, he'll have me take authority over the mind-blinding of the devil. Because if my kids just saw what I see about God, they'd run to him. Amen? So there's a mind blinding going on and somebody has to, has to exercise authority over the mind blinding. The God of this world has blinded the mind. That's what's going on. They're not seeing what I'm seeing or they'd be in church with their hands lifted worshiping the God who is worthy because of the love he has for them. Amen. So what I got to do, I got to cooperate with God. God's like, I'm on board. It's my will. I want them saved. I told you I'd do it. But you got to work with me here. We've got to exercise authority. We've got to pray for the laborers to be sent across their path. We've got to pray for, for their eyes of their understanding to be enlightened. You know, if, if we are constantly praying, Lord, open the eyes of my child's understanding that they might know what is the height and depth and width and breadth of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that you would fill them with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that they might know what is the hope of your calling, that they would know what is the exceeding riches of the greatness of the uh, exceeding riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints in light, that they would know what is the exceeding greatness of your power to those uh, who believe. I want them to know it. If we're constantly praying that, the enemy, he's not going to be able to successfully blind their minds to what, the, in, what the, the Spirit of God is consistently opening their eyes. 
The enemy comes along and he throws a veil over them trying to make them not see it right. And here, here we got up in the morning. We've already prayed. The angels are out there lifting that veil, showing them revelation. People are coming across their path. People that don't, that don't sound like mama. Mama's always preaching the Bible to me. Mama and her, her Bible. Mama. Grandma and her Bible. No, but somebody cool will come along. Somebody they think is great. Somebody they think is so amazing. And that person says, man, I just saw what God has in store for my life today. And I've turned to the Lord. And they're like, what? You sound like my mama. <laughs> but they have an influence that, that, that we may not have in that situation to, to deal with it specifically. But we have the influence in the prayer closet. We have the influence with the one who's, who's conducting all those things behind the scenes. So do you see why we have to have a confidence in prayer? And, we don't, and, and part of the reason people have the frustration is because they're trying to use their butter knife to screw the, the screw or nail the nail. Thankfully, I no longer have to use my butter knife. Sister Evelyn bought me my own pink tool set. Thank you, Sister Evelyn. Because a long time, I didn't know why my husband didn't have the toolbox handy or wherever his tools were or whatever. Just get the, get the butter knife. I can tighten that screw myself. Get the butter knife. I can hang this picture with my butter knife. Got dents, dents in the butter knife. The, the tip of the butter knife's all crinkled because I've been trying to screw the, the Phillips head screw with the, with the butter knife. But a lot of people are trying to pray a prayer for their family with their prayer faith. They're trying to just claim it. Oh, Father, I just claim it. In Jesus' name, I believe I receive. Thank you, Lord. And that butter knife is crinkling because God says, I need you to deal with the enemy. I need you to stop what the enemies do. I need, you, I need some blood being pled here. And do you see the difference? So we've got, to, we've got to be people who are led in prayer. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. The, the praying is not just a one size fits all. It's not just a one prayer fits every, every uh, uh, situation. There are a lot of situations that people don't see God's will brought into manifestation because they're trying to use the wrong type of praying. Brother Hagen would explain uh, the different types of prayer. He would go to this scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 and it says in verse 18, praying always with all prayer, with all prayer. The Weiss translation says, through the instrumentality of every prayer. The Amplified says, with all manner of prayer. And Brother Hagen would explain, baseball is a sport. And soccer is a sport. And football is a sport. They're all sports. But you can't play baseball with tennis rules. You can't play football with soccer rules. There are different applications and different uh, 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 ways that govern how that game works. 
And in praying the prayer of faith, we believe we receive when we pray. It's based on something that we have. We, we have a, a covenant provision, a, a redemption provision. We can believe it because God has already made it ours. Amen? That's the prayer of faith. So I can, I can use my prayer of faith on most of the things that we're praying for. And, and I've said this before, and the, and the Holy Spirit has checked me on it twice, so I'm going to reestablish this. Wait a minute. Most people are using the prayer of faith, but, it, but we can gain skill in prayer so that we become uh, um, people who are using the supplications, the prayers of intercession, the prayers of praise and worship. I mean, the prayer of praise and worship caused... The, the, all the locks on the prison doors to open. That was Prayer is communication. Worship and, and adoration is a prayer. It is a communication to God. So in worship, there are some things that we can do, some, some doors that can be opened just in the worshiping of it. The worshiping of God, the worshiping of, 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 of Him in that application. So in, in these different types of prayer, these different manners of prayer, we, we should... I, I, this is what I used to say that the Lord has corrected me on. I used to say the, the prayer that we're going to use the most often is the prayer of faith. And I felt a hesitancy the last two times I said it, so I'm explaining to you why. Because I said that from the basis of it's the one that we're going to pray about our situation. The, our needs met, the financial promises of God, the, the protection of God, those things. I'm going to use the prayer of faith for those. But God doesn't want me to be negligent in my responsibility to pray for the leaders of my nation. He doesn't want me to be negligent in my ability to pray for my family. So there, the, more, the more I mature in God, the more I see other prayers operating, other types of prayer operating in my life. And I see God, God beginning to trust me with situations to pray about more. Why? Because I've learned not to just hit it with the prayer of faith and walk away from it. But I've learned how to stay there and ask the Holy Spirit, how do I pray about this? I was praying with Sister Annette one day. She said she's, she just had a desire for us to sit and meet and pray. And we sat in the room and prayed for four hours. And as she was praying, I was taking notes. Like, that woman knows how to pray. That woman. And, and there were some times she would get over there and she would pray. And she would say, Lord, what do you want me to do about that? Can I change that? And I'm taking notes. I'm like, I need to ask God. He's showing me things because he would show me something and I would just hit it. He would show me and I'm just like, ah, you know, I'm going to go after that in prayer. But she was asking, what do you want me to do about that? And you know what? He answered her. She's like, oh, okay. And she began to pray a certain direction for that. So we need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in prayer. That's what he says here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. He says, Praying always with all prayer 
and supplication in the Spirit. In the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with me always. He lives in us. At the new birth, even for people who aren't filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit still dwells in their heart. Amen? Praise God that He fills us to overflowing with the baptism in the Holy Spirit so that we are equipped. Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So there is a fullness to be received, but there's a leading of the Spirit in prayer and a help in prayer that is not just that I hand everything over to pray in the Spirit. That is definitely an advantage, and we're going to talk more about that tonight. But praying in the Spirit can also mean Him directing me to know how to pray. Him directing me to pray specific things. So Ephesians 1 is an example. It's not in tongues, but it's a prayer inspired by the Spirit of God. Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 16. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power. So those are things, that's three things, three specific things that He... Wants, the Holy Spirit wants this church in Ephesus to know and he has put it on the Apostle Paul's heart and we know it's inspired by the Holy Ghost because it's in Scripture. And all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, inspired by the Spirit of God. All Scripture is God-breathed. So because it made it to the Scripture, we know this is God-inspired praying. Three things. That because we receive that first, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge and these three things we're going to know. We're going to have, we're going to know the hope of his calling. We're going to know the riches of the glory of his inheritance. We're going to know the exceeding greatness of his power. You can't know those without the inspiration and revelation of God. Amen? Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit inspired him to pray it? And we can all pray it because it's in Scripture. This is available for your prayer time. This is, this is definitely uh, good for you to pick up and put in your mouth. Pray it for yourself. Pray it for your family. Pray it for, for uh, uh, your church family. Pray it for your pastor. Ephesians, because the more our pastor knows, the more we get. Ephesians 3 is another example. Hallelujah. Verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, 
according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's a spirit-inspired prayer. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Do you think the Holy Spirit knows how to, knows how to pray right? He can help us. He can help us pray accurately about that situation. There are others, and, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to go to all of them, but I'm, I'm telling us that we don't need to just hit it with what first comes to our mind. Sometimes I've found myself doing things, and, and the Holy Spirit would say, that sounds religious. And so I have to back off, and I have to say, okay, because it's easy to get over into a, a religious routine. Your flesh, because your flesh can, can just kind of ride that religious routine. So if you, if you catch yourself saying things or praying things and there's no, no uh, spiritual sens sensitivity with that, if you're not... If you don't feel the Holy Spirit grabbing a hold with you, I say feel. And I don't want to relegate that to feelings. If you don't recognize Him stirring in that. If you don't recognize Him joining in with you in that. Don't just get over there where you can pray it right out of here. We could do that. We, we, those of us who've been in, in around scriptures, we could say, Oh, Father, I thank you that they're blessed going in, blessed coming out, blessed in the field, blessed in the city. And just, just spout off the scriptures off the top of our head and, and be missing what's stirring in, down here in the, the spirit. So that's why we've got to start right here. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I desire your plan. I'm reaching down. I'm reaching down. And I, I'm saying down. I'm reaching into my spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm searching for where he, he's leading me to go. I'm searching for how he's dealing with me. It, you know, when I wrote the book, Intervention Prayers, I wrote that book because there were people that would come to me after they heard my testimony of how God had set me free from addiction and, and, set, and changed my life. And, and uh, they would come to ask me to pray for their family. And they would be so desperate that I knew they weren't praying faith-filled prayers. They would come and, and immediately it would be the sorrow. It would be the pain. It would be, it would be the fear of losing that loved one. And they were saying, please pray with me. Pray with me for my, my son. My son is in that same kind of addiction. My son has been messed up on that meth. My son, they, and, the, and the fear, and all they could do was talk about how bad their situation or their son's situation, their daughter's situation was. And I'm thinking, that's how they're talking to God too. That's how they're praying. And it, it's not going to change talking the problem. That's not what we do. Prayer is not going to God and unloading on Him 
the details of everything we see and feel. That can do more damage to your faith than, than, than good. That will do, not can. It will do more damage because that person is heavily entrenched in the problem. To pray about that situation, and it's not just hitting it with, oh, I thank you, Lord, I just claim their salvation in Jesus' name. You said me and my household will be saved. Thank you, Lord. Well, that could be a start, but the Holy Spirit knows exactly what the problem is. He knows what's blinding them. He knows what hurt them to make them turn to wrong thinking. He knows what lie the enemy started with that took them down this road. Hallelujah. You know that Jenga puzzle? You got that puzzle and, and, and you're trying to pull the pieces out without making it all fall? Well, the, 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 if, 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 the, if you'll go back to what started the lie and it will cause it all to crumble, if the, the Holy Spirit knows how to begin praying to unloose all that twisted thinking that the enemy's been working for years. That's how he, in one moment, can free our, our children, our loved ones. I'm not just limiting this to children. It could be your mother you're praying for. It could be your aunt. It could be uh, uh, someone very close to you in, in, your, in your job. As a family member, you have a right to pray as a family member. As a church family, you have a right to pray. Those relationships give us access. But don't just pray slapping at the problem with whatever first comes to your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you pray so that it can unravel all the knots that the devil's been working for years to tie around their thinking. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit, he can pull that one that makes the whole thing fall he can pull that one wrong thing if that one wrong thinking is removed and the light can come in they'll see everything right hallelujah that's what we want we want to pray and bring forth fruit and the greatest fruit we can bring forth with our faith is 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 lives saved from from the power of the enemy to see people born again. Not the only fruit, but it's we're going to see fruit in our prayer life. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say this with me. Father, I desire to bring glory to you by bringing forth much fruit in my prayer life. Help me by the power of your spirit. Become skilled in prayer and accurate in my asking. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. While your heads are bowed and your heart is turned to the Lord, if you are here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, you don't have to live another day without Him. Today is the day of salvation and God's plan for you is an exceedingly good plan. The only way for you to walk in that plan is for you to accept the salvation that is only available in Jesus Christ. There is no other name given among men whereby people can be saved. 
It is only by the blood of the Lamb of God that we can have our sins washed away and our lives made new. And if you're here today and you would say, Pastor Michelle, I want to know Jesus as my Lord. Would you stand up right where you are? If that's you and today you want to know Jesus as Lord, just take that step and, and acknowledge today your need for a Savior by just standing to your feet. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The decision is a decision of the heart. It's not just words that we speak, but it's opening our heart and yielding our heart to accept that He died on the cross to pay for our sin, to accept that God raised Him from the dead, and that's my victory. Walking without Jesus as Lord of your life is a hopeless walk. Hallelujah. One more opportunity. If you're here today, and today is the day of your salvation, and it is, you don't have to leave here without the relationship that will set you free and set your life on course. If you're here today and you desire to know Jesus as Lord, just acknowledge that today. Stand to your feet so I can know you want to accept Him as Lord today. If you're watching us online, Church family, if you'll agree in prayer for those who are watching or who will be watching, and you would say, I need to know Jesus, and I need that freedom and that liberty in my life, just open your heart to Him and say this now. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for my sin. I believe that God raised Him from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Lord. I accept the blood to cleanse me of sin and give me a new life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, praise God. Praise God. Stand with me, church.